I'm fascinated by Trump because he is a classic, tragic Shakespearean character. You know, what's so amazing about Donald Trump is that unabashedly a demagogue. He talks about issues and problems, and if you listen to that, you would think that everything is horrible. Everything is just horrible. He also doesn't present any solutions. I'm just going to make it great. It'll be great again. I can guarantee it. Great again. We're going to work great deals. It's going to be fantastic. Everything's going to be huge. It's going to be great. Great, 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 huge. Problem, problem, problem. Great, great, great. And you go, he's saying nothing. He's at, he has no ideas. He just, he, he's in a remarkable, that's why he's so Shakespearean, because he's so, he's so, uh, un, he's just unlike anyone we've ever seen in that, in that realm. I remember when it seemed like an impossible world, or perhaps some sort of a parallel universe, like there's no way this is going to happen to us. And then it did. And then we lived through it. And that was five wasted years of our life. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on The Fire You Can't Put Out. My name is Melvin, and I appreciate you so much for being here. And all the last, although the last five years were indeed hell, we're going to do what we can with them and make sure that we do not repeat them again. So the audio that you just heard was from Brian Cranston. I remember cutting that audio back in 2016. And I remember when I was cutting it, Trump had built up such a base by that time. I was looking for audio that, one, made me feel better, and two, might make you feel better. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. And so I remember cutting this Cranston audio, and I went, you know what? Cranston is brilliant, and I like what he's saying right now. And that's the thing that I want to believe. And when Trump won, obviously, uh, the prophecy, his prophecy, Cranston's prophecy, never came to be. And then we had to live through five years of watching the country be on fire. So when I was digging up material for today's show, and Happy New Year, everybody. I know that I've not talked to you since before the new year. Uh, I am going to get more regular at this again. I I did take some time off. Um, Did anything happen while I was gone? So I, I found this audio and I, oh man, I remember the glory days, the good old days, right? Of, of cutting that audio and believing that I was going to live in a world where Trump was no longer going to be a factor. And I think that that can still happen. So we had a riot recently. I don't know if you heard. January 6th, we had a riot. And the response from most people that I knew was shock. (laughs) Shock and awe. Oh my God, how did this happen? I can't believe this is happening. This is a phrase that I was not able to use myself. Um, I knew this was going to happen, and although I did not want it to happen, it was something that I firmly believed had to happen. 
And the reason why is because the last number of years, and I think most folks in America are guilty of this to some degree, because of the experience that we have had with past presidents, even people who did not vote for Trump, did not particularly favor Trump, really didn't have a lot of trouble with dismissing him. And as much as crybabies uh, at conservative media outlets try to paint it as if the whole world is against them and God damn it, they are the victims and liberals control everything, Hollywood and the media and the Jews and the this and the that. Obviously, none of it's true. Because the media went ahead and tried to treat Donald Trump like he was a functioning human being. Like somewhere deep down, maybe there was a thoughtful person. I remember there was this idea that once he became president, he wasn't going to act this way. He was going to become, say it with me now, more presidential. And it didn't happen. And I've long heard the idea uh, in, in any number of speeches, uh, in any number of civics books that I've read, about how amazing it is how amazing it is that we have always had, or at least in recent history, a peaceful transfer of power. And I remember, I remember thinking of that as wildly unremarkable. Um, duh. And, uh, you know, I was born in the 70s, <laughs> date myself here. And I remember, uh, you know, I remember Reagan was president uh, when I first really came to uh, when I was born. um, uh, Carter was president, but I don't remember it because I was a baby. But I do remember Reagan being president. And then, you know, he hands it to his vice president and then and then they hand it to Bill Clinton. And and then they hand it to, you know, to George W. Bush. And then he hands it to Barack Obama. And then they hand it to, you know, they hand it to Trump. And that's that's my whole life. That's all the presidents through my lifetime. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, fine. We always have a peaceful trend. Duh. You know, uh, Nixon left. You know, when he realized he was going to get impeached, he just left. You know, um, Eisenhower, FDR, uh, Hoover, like peaceful transfer of power. Fine. Not a big deal. And then it happened. Our first non-peaceful transfer of power. I remember when I was listening to the Cranston audio way back when he said something that um, looking back now, um, I finally get to celebrate this, but he said, I want him. I just, when he loses, cause we were all so sure he was going to lose. And I don't want us to forget, forget this point in history. I would like us to eventually start ignoring Donald Trump, you know, in this, in this, in in, in I expect this to be one of the last episodes where I have to talk about this rancid pile of human waste that we've called president for the last number of years. I'm hoping that this is the last episode because I'm hoping that once he leaves office and he doesn't have Twitter and he doesn't have Facebook and he doesn't have YouTube, hell, he's even been kicked off of Pinterest, I hope. I hope that this sum of my bitch just goes away. Do you think he could win? It's not, it's not real to me that he could win. It, just, it would be just the most bizarre thing imaginable. 
Um, I don't think he's going to win. And um, I hope that when he loses, he would do everyone a huge favor if he just, if he just went away. If he just, please just go away. And I think we have a solid chance of that now. And I believe that we have earned that to some degree. So let me give you, and obviously you've, you've heard about it a thousand times since it happened. Since January 6, 2021 happened. And I don't even want to refer to it as January uh, uh, 6, 2021. I've been referring to it as December 37, 2020. Because I remember people going, oh my God, 2021 is already off to a bad start. And I say, no, 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 okay, okay, okay. If you go out, it's a hangover, okay? If you go out drinking and you wake up the next day and um, you don't feel so well, um, that doesn't mean that your uh, life is ruined. It doesn't mean your week or your month or your year. It's really up to you how it goes, barring other outside circumstances, okay? So we don't have a hangover and say, well, this is it for the week. This is it for the month. This is it for my life. It's a hangover. Okay, and because the president gets to serve through the for, through the first twenty days of the of the new year, where the incoming president gets inaugurated, there's always a little bit of a hangover, and that's all he was was a little bit of a hangover. But after he he uh, he caused an insurrection, incited a riot by gassing up these Nazis before they went ahead uh, and ransacked the Capitol, hoping to kill people. Once that happened, he lost all of his platforms and all of us were the better for it. So I, I imagine uh, you, much like uh, me, in your mind have said, what? what was the end game? How exactly was that supposed to go? These folks show up and they, you know, they, they have their riot and they what? They, 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 they kill people, and then Trump gets to stay as president? That's crazy. Melvin, you got to admit it. That sounds crazy. I, I don't know in what universe these people think that that kind of thing is. Melvin, it sounds crazy. So what did they think they were going to do? And I've heard some people say, uh, speculate. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe they were just going crazy because the president, the president made him go crazy. He, he, he said things to them that made them feel like they did not have a choice. So, here's what I believe, <laughs> and this is based on what I have heard in conservative media over the last number of years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term stochastic terrorism. Now, you don't have to look it up now, but at some point during your day, stochastic terrorism S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-C, terrorism, stochastic terrorism. And this is what you do when you want someone else to do the dirty work for you. This was effectively what Charles Manson did. Charles Manson never did the killing himself, but the Manson kids, he made them feel like they didn't have a choice. Like this was what they were born for. This was the thing that they had to do. And another cult leader, just like Trump, they went ahead and did it. And Manson got locked down for it too. And some of those Manson kids have been in prison for 50 plus years. 
Um, they've been they've they went in as teenagers through their twenties, through their thirties, their forties, their fifties, their sixties, their seventies, and some of them are dying in prison now, all for these things that they did for this cult leader when they were a kid. What Fox News has been doing for the better part of oh what I don't know three decades now, nearly three decades, uh, what they've been doing is engaging in stochastic terrorism. So with their programming, they know the language to use to bring in, to bring in the rubes, to bring in the rabble, um, to bring in the folks that really aren't that smart or thoughtful or well-read. And I don't care what you think of me, the fact that I'm insulting these people right now. Um, these, these, these Nazis are earning every single bit of what I'm saying right now. And if you've ever, if you've ever seen Bill O'Reilly, if you've ever watched, um, if you've ever watched uh, Sean Hannity, um, if you've ever seen Judge Janine, like this, uh, like this dry drunk going on TV and screaming her guts out about how this is how this is the end of history if we don't. It's all been building to this point. If you follow the right wing circles, if you've if you've ever listened to Alex Jones, and I don't recommend it. Um, even if you've only caught the stuff that gets posted on, on say, um, Democratic Underground or uh, Media Matters, you know, uh, like the little three and four, you hear it all the time. Uh, Alex Jones is one of the worst when it comes to stochastic terrorism. I really thought he was going to have his, his, his little civil war by now. And so they get on the radio, they get on the television, and they tell you, oh my God, there goes your life. There goes your future. There goes your past. There goes everything. Like everything's going to be gone. And it's all going to be because of the Democrats. And you are the revolutionaries. Okay. Uh, Representative Boebert tweeted this out when the, when the riots were happening. Today is 1776. She tweeted it out twice. Today is 1776. And she was also tweeting out the locations for where Nancy Pelosi was. See, because Nancy Pelosi was tweeting, uh, was one of the representatives that was tweeting from lockdown. And it's, it's not real hard to geolocate people when they're doing that stuff. And so eventually somebody tweeted at these representatives, uh, I figured out where you're at in 10 minutes. Stop tweeting. But they were trying to, they were trying to tell people what was going on. But people like Bulbert were able to figure out where they were and began tweeting out what their location was. So a whole bunch of this was an inside job. But the dirty work was to be done by the people that watch Fox News and the people that watch OAN, you know, and the, and the people that watch Alex Jones. Like, these were the people that were going to do the dirty work. And they were told that they're the revolutionaries. They're the future, goddammit. And they did what they believe they were told to do. Now, never at any point did Sean Hannity say, go kill Speaker Pelosi. But he has been hammering her. And has said a thousand things about her that are not even a little bit true. Uh, he did the same thing with President Obama. I think he was trying to get President Obama assassinated. And said a whole bunch of things about President Obama that were not true. Hoping that somebody would assassinate him. You know, him, his wife, his kids, just all the time. And then this. And that's what happened with the Capitol attack. It was stochastic terrorism. This is how the conservatives were going to keep Donald Trump in power. So, you say, Melvin, 
what's the best case scenario? If their plans, uh, when they were live streaming their felonies, if that had gone as planned, well, first of all, they shouldn't have live streamed their felonies, but if that had gone as planned, how would it have kept Donald Trump as president? I'm not sure that Donald Trump thought it through, but I know that conservatives thought it through, at least to some degree. For Donald Trump, he just likes making people take the hit for him. He just likes seeing people do the things that he says to do. He likes having that power. He doesn't know what he's doing or why he's doing. He just likes having that power. But when Mike Pence refused to turn the election over to uh, Trump, which, by the way, it was not a power that Pence had. When he refused to turn it over, they began chanting, hang Mike Pence. And they even built a little place, a little makeshift place where they can hang Mike Pence. And when they went into the gallery, they were looking for Pence. And I've watched a whole bunch of these videos that were posted to Parler, which are now posted, posted over on ProPublica. And these cons were running around going, where's Nancy Pelosi? Where's Nancy Pelosi? Where's Nancy Pelosi? They had guns and they had zip tie handcuffs and they knew what they were going to do. They were going to kill Mike Pence because how dare he not serve God Emperor Trump? And then they were going to kill Nancy Pelosi. Now, what would that have done? Melvin, there's now blood on their hands. Well, in their minds, they're revolutionaries. So what it falls to is it falls to the presidential secession. See, the vice president is the head of the Senate. So he's second in line to the presidency. The head of the House is third in line to the presidency. And then the fourth in line to the presidency is what is referred to as the Senate pro temp. That person is Chuck Grassley. And then the next person in line is Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. So conservatives saw in their minds that the way that the two people that were standing in the way of Trump getting to a second term were, was Mike Pence, which sounds wild when you think about what a bootlicker he's been, and Nancy Pelosi. So the plan, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm just gathering from listening to these, to these ass wipes for years. The plan was to kill Pence and then kill Pelosi. Once the House and the Senate reconvened with those two dead, and by the way, they probably wouldn't reconvene right away because two very important people were just assassinated, which would just keep Trump in power, right? Because they didn't do their due diligence. Uh, they didn't do their ceremonial thing uh, and, and count, the, uh, count the votes and make, uh, make Biden president. So they said, but once the House and Senate reconvened, the next person in line would be the Senate pro temp, which is Chuck Grassley. And then Chuck Grassley at that point could say, you know what? Um, I think that uh, Trump should remain president. Um, this, that, or the other, whatever thing they got to make up. And then he could throw it back to the House. Now, even though the House is run by Democrats, the states that are in question, there's more of those states that the ones that they were going to... Um, that they were going to protest, that they were going to object to. Those states have a lot of representatives in those, in, those, in those red states or those swing states that could have turned the election to Trump. I think that they thought that Chuck Grassley would just give them what they wanted, throw it back to the House, 
then back to the Senate, Trump stays as president. You say, God, Melvin, that sounds insane. It is insane. Killing anybody to think that you're going to get what you want. And you know what? If Chuck Grassley isn't going to give them what they want. And by the way, Chuck Grassley will. Chuck Chuck Grassley is a Trump bootlicker. He would have given them what they want. Well, then it falls to Mike Pompeo. Does anybody remember what Mike Pompeo said after the election? When uh, a reporter, I think it was about two weeks after the election, a reporter asked Mike Pompeo, "Um, what are you going to do to help uh, transition uh, to the next administration? And his response, and I'm paraphrasing here, is I'm looking forward uh, to an orderly transition to a second Trump administration. His words. This was a long time, long term thing. Now, and I think in the real world, it would have never, ever worked out. But through stochastic terrorism, getting what they want. And Fox News is, is to blame for sure. Conservative talk radio. Rush Limbaugh, Tommy Loren, you know, the blaze, you're all to blame for this and they're not done. And I don't think that, uh, I don't mind them losing their platforms because if you go on Facebook and you go on Twitter and you spread hate speech, you should, and you're violating the terms of service for a private company, you should lose access to that business. And that's not that's not nothing to do with the First Amendment. That's not the way the First Amendment works because those are private companies. Those are not the government. I don't mind them losing those platforms. But if they're going to be on the public platforms, if they're going to be on public television or they're going to be on public radio, even if they're going to be on cable, I don't think they should be allowed to call themselves news. And I think some decisions need to take place. There need to start being adults in the room where these broadcasts are happening. Because what just took place is n- was not a surprise to me. And if it turns into a full-blown race war this Wednesday, when we have uh, the first inauguration of my lifetime without a peaceful transfer of power, we're going to wish that we did something sooner. There's a couple other things I want to bring to your attention while I have you here. And I know I spent an, in, an entire segment on, on this, on this, uh, on this J- January 6th thing. And you're probably sick of hearing about it. But I really do want to help you try to get inside these people's minds. So you may have noticed that um, after the November election, uh, there was a lot of misinformation being spread around on OAN and Fox News and all the rest. And then... There came some retractions, and that was because those those media outlets were being threatened to be sued for the for the untrue things that they were saying about these companies that were supposedly involved in in helping Joe Biden steal the election. So Fox began issuing retractions. Now, they might have gone on television and said a thousand times that the election was stolen from Trump and he's the rightful winner and so on and so forth. But then, but then, just so they'd have something to use in court, they went ahead and got on the air and said one time that the election wasn't stolen, and they probably did it at three in the morning when nobody was watching, and so on and so forth. You go, why? If they're so committed to lying, um, why did they tell the truth even for that little tiny, teeny, teeny bit? Okay, I'll tell you why. Does anybody remember Seth Rich? Seth Rich was the DNC staffer that was murdered in, I want to say... 
2014 or 2015. Now, he was murdered during a mugging in D.C. He was robbed. But then when Hillary Clinton ran for president, that became a conspiracy theory. Seth Rich was murdered by the Clintons. <laughs> Seth Rich was murdered by Hillary Clinton herself. And then, you know the, the way the right-wing media works. Uh, but then the family of Seth Rich, who was a private citizen, now public people, like someone says something about me, someone says something about Hannity, we can't do anything, we're public people. Uh, but somebody like Seth Rich's family can't because he was a private citizen. And the things that they were saying on right-wing radio and on Fox News, his family sued. And they won. They won a multi-million dollar case against News Corp, the parent company of, uh, of Fox News. Um, they agreed to pay out. Right? They, lo- they lost the case. You know, They agreed to pay out, but they said, hey, hey, hey. Um, I think it was a settlement. Under the terms of this payout, and Fox News had to pay out because they were lying. Under the terms of this payout, you can't release to the media that we lost this case until after the November 2020 election. And the reason why was because they didn't want to lose anybody. They did not want them, they did not want anyone to realize this happened because they are a, they were, a, they are, and they were, and they still are just a gigantic mouthpiece for Trump. And they were afraid to make them look bad, make Trump look bad. Maybe they'd lose some viewers over what they did. They said, okay, okay, good. So we lost the case, but you, the, to, to Seth Rich's family, you can't talk about this case until after the November election. And they agreed. So we now, we now have the details of that. And this is only one of many cases that Trump, uh, excuse me, that Fox News has lost in their, in their fight for the right to lie to the American people. I want to hit one more piece before I bounce out of here. So um, from CBS News, uh, a 50-year study. So 50 years. So the religion has been tax cuts. It's always been tax cuts. Tax cuts spurn growth. That was Reagan's thing. That was both Bush's. That was their thing. That's still the Republican thing. As soon as Trump became president, that became his thing. Tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts. So there was a study, a 50-year study. So from 1965 to 2015, uh, David Hope of the London School of, e- of Economics of King's College London said tax cuts only, and we know this, only benefit the rich. 80% of the stocks, and it's wild that we, we get stock market updates all day because 80% of the stocks are owned by the richest 10% of people. And you say, okay, so maybe tax cuts don't work in America, Melvin, because a lot of things don't work in America. But what about other countries? Ah, I'm glad you asked. So it was a study done in 18 different countries where they also bought into the religion of tax cuts. 50 years. So by the way, this doesn't even include the Trump tax cuts, which which we're going to be paying for for decades Decades, because we decided to give uh, money to rich people who were already morbidly rich. And what we learned from the study is that it really only helps the richest 1%. That's it. That's all it's ever done. It doesn't create jobs. It doesn't spur growth. As a matter of fact, it does the exact opposite. So I would like to think that with this piece of news, this BS religion of cutting taxes is going to end, right? Right? 
Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. One of the reasons that the uh, most recent stimulus bill fell apart, because we were supposed to get $2,000 checks, one of the reasons that that fell apart was because uh, the Republicans wanted to put in more tax cuts for not just themselves, but for, you know, say, President Trump, you know, or the, the, the Tim Cook, or, you know, for, you know, the head of Amazon, like people who do not need money. Like you need, you need $2,000, you know, you should, you probably need $2,000 a month, depending on how long you've been without a job. And they go, well, if you want that $2,000, a one-time payment, um, you're going to have to give tax cuts to all of our rich, rich friends. And it's not in dispute anymore. We now know how this kind of thing works out. Tax cuts don't work for anything, anywhere. Ever, and we finally have a huge body of evidence to say so, and say do say so decisively. Now, I want to say one more thing before I cut out of here, and spare a thought for your fellow Americans. So, the coronavirus has been devastating as not just an illness, but it's also been economically devastating, and because we had this fifty-state patchwork depending on where you live in the country, depending on what industry you work in, um, maybe, you're, maybe you're flat. You're doing okay. Maybe you're doing better because you work in tech. Maybe you're doing way worse because you work in anything else. And the stimulus bill, the real stimulus bill that we needed, which was the JOBS Act, passed back in May by the Democrats out of the House. Like that's the thing that could have really, really, really helped people. Well, while the Republicans were refusing to pass that bill because it helped working people too much and it didn't help rich people enough, a whole lot of people, tens of millions of people, fell into poverty. Finally, finally, in a vain attempt to win the Georgia Senate runoffs, Mitch McConnell finally agrees to 600 measly mother effing dollars. And do you know what happened to that money? Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all didn't. And some of y'all will never get it. Let's talk about the never get it. There's a lot of people that went into the hole during that time, waiting on that money. They can't leave the house. They can't get a job. And the cavalry's not coming. And they overdrew their bank accounts. And then they got their stimulus. And banks were split on how to handle the stimulus if you were overdrawn. Some banks said they would go ahead and zero out your balance. So if you're negative 500 or 600 or $1,000 in the hole, they'd zero out your balance for a couple of months, let you spend your stimulus, and then say a month or two, go ahead and put that negative balance back because you do have to pay that back to them. But any number of banks, including, I, I hate to say, including credit unions, decided to keep that money. And, th and there's a great article in the New York Times about this. All the people that, oh good, a stimulus finally passed, but it wasn't enough money. And they're overdrawn on their bank account. And now they won't get their stimulus. New administration this week. New administration, new hope, new thoughts, new exercises. I hope, I hope Joe Biden... And the Democrats, which now control all three houses 
Don't F it up, guys. Now control all three houses. We'll swiftly pass the stimulus. And not with $1,400 checks, with $2,000 checks so that these people can start getting real help. Because that last stimulus, yeah, a gigantic chunk of America did not get any of it. And it's because of the hole they fell into after the Republicans in the Senate refused to pass the HEROES Act. And the next time I talk to you, Donald Trump will no longer be president. So let's go out on this note. I hope that when he loses, he would do everyone a huge favor if he just, if he just went away. If he just, please just go away. He lost. And now it is time for him to go away. Thank you for being here on the fire you can't put out. My name is Melvin. <laughs> Find us over uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash TFYCPO. Uh, questions, comments, hate mail, just a general statement or inquiry. Email us at TFYCPO at gmail.com. We work hard to not only inform and entertain, but also to keep an open dialogue with you, our listener base. So thank you for listening. We are the fire you can't put out, and we will prevail. Rejecting austerity in favor of prosperity. Special thanks to Kevin for producing and thank you for listening. And if any part of this illness has landed inside your house like it has landed inside mine, I do hope that you are getting better. I really do. I hope that your family isn't being too devastated by this. A quick recovery to you, to anybody within the sound of my voice. This is Melvin, signing off. Now that I've woken you up, good morning.